Alright man, this is episode number 59 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. This is being recorded on Saturday, May 13th, 2023 at 2.21pm. And what a gorgeous day it is, man. I know it might be redundant to say so, but these past couple of weeks, it's just hey, nothing redundant about the true emotions that you get looking outside, man. You just see the roads, the sidewalks, the grass, everything just painted with sunshine. You hear the birds chirping and talking about God knows what. There's a nice, beautiful breeze in the air, man. It's truly like a painting outside, man, that you're living in. It's it's something that can't be put into words, you know. Once you're in it and you realize, wow, man, this is something that's just a pure euphoric feeling that cannot be said. It's like, you know, describing like being in love with someone. It's like, well, I can tell you, you know, a very surface level kind of, I love the, you know, I love this person or I love this piece of art or whatever, but you're, when you're actually in it, it's something else entirely, man. And uh, hey, there goes the mail. Look at that. Oh, man, I tell you. Gosh, I was at the cinema yesterday, man, and they showed the trailer for uh, the new Paul Schrader film, Master Gardener. I had seen the trailer previously, but I had forgotten about it, and I saw that it's going to be playing, actually, next week, so... Really looking forward to that, man. It's, uh, it's interesting, his uh, last couple of films, it's almost like they make up uh, something of an unofficial trilogy in a way, of just these isolated uh, male characters who, uh, you know, have a troubled uh, past, and, you know, and... and this kind of, uh, what looks to be, you know, I haven't seen the film, you know, I haven't seen Master Gardener yet, obviously. I'm talking about in reference of First Reformed and the Card Counter, but they're kind of descent into something uh, uh, worse, you know. Uh, I mean, First Reformed and the Card Counter are two different kinds of films, different kinds of characters, but this, you know, it looks to be more like at a, an amalgamation of both, where you have kind of this... Um, violent past of Oscar Isaac's character from the card counter as well as uh, the the writing in the journal um, like in First Reform so uh, but very much looking forward to it man uh, you know I've talked about before I think Paul Schrader is such an interesting uh, filmmaker I'd probably say he's you know more known for being a writer of course um, and actually speaking of which I mean, I'll talk about it later actually I uh, just recently saw the new 4k restoration of Raging Bull theatrically and that was truly a treat uh, just a true next level film, man. But uh, maybe I'll talk about that later if I got the time. But yeah, Master Gardener looks looks very good, man. I uh, I don't follow up with any. I don't care about reviews or anything or anything like that. But I have heard some uh, so so things about it. But uh, hopefully, you know, it'll be better than I expected, man. I got no expectations going into it, at least not trying to, but uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to watching that, man. But speaking of the cinema, man, I think 2023 so far has been a really exceptional year. Uh, we're only in May, but I've already seen uh, just a couple of films that have been really phenomenal, and some of them have been, I, I would probably consider 2022 films. I haven't looked at the release dates on them, but I'm thinking of recent films I've seen, um, like One Fine Morning, um, The Innocent, uh, Showing Up, uh, John Wick Chapter 4, just all these really terrific films, man, and uh, I saw this film yesterday, uh, which I'll be talking about, man, 
It's the new Matt Johnson film. Now, Matt Johnson has, has really become just one of my favorite filmmakers working. This is his third feature film. He uh, premiered in 2013 with uh, a phenomenal debut. His film, The Dirties, uh, the drama, uh, I would say dark comedy, if you will, drama about uh, these two friends who are filmmakers. And, but one of the kids is starting to uh, get, starting to go a little off the edge a bit, man. He's getting bullied at his high school and he wants to make a film, but the reality and the, the uh, fantasy of it are really starting to blend together for him. The film takes a very meta approach at times, especially with how it ends, and I thought it was a terrific, terrific film. Uh, then he followed up a couple years later, I think in 2016. Let me actually look that up. I want to make sure I got the year on that right. Of uh, Let's see here. Yes, that's right. 2016 with this film, Operation Avalanche, which is also good as well. I, uh, I think... Um, it's interesting to see his filmmaking changes from the dirties, which is a little more lower key, uh, you know, working with less of a budget where you have this where it's uh, uh, made to look. Uh, well, I, I think parts of the film early on are shot on, it may have been, uh, 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 I don't know if it was Super 8 or 16mm or what, but then the rest of the film I looked up was uh, just done with a regular red camera. I think it was a red camera. It was a digital camera that they put a filter on. And this was about, uh, it's a, a mockumentary about um, these uh, guys who are uh, making a, it takes place in the uh, late 60s, and they're uh, uh, working with... Uh, NASA to uh, fake the, to to film the moon landing, you know, fake it, and uh, it was a very interesting film. I, w I would like to watch it again. I, I watched it fairly recently, and uh, I, I think more of it worked than it didn't for me. But I I still thought it was a very well done film. And his new film, which we're talking about here, it might be my favorite of his work. I think it's a it's a, a serious contender, favorite film of the year so far. And uh, this is his new film, Blackberry. This stars uh, him. He's a uh, uh, Starring in the well, he's one of the main actors in the film, directing it. Uh, also written by uh, ja uh, Jackie McNish and Matthew Miller. The film also stars Jay Baruchel, who was uh, known for being in a lot of the uh, Judd Apatow comedies, probably about ten or so years ago. Uh, and he's gone on to a very interesting career. And Glenn Howerton, who is known for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've seen a, a handful of episodes of that show. This film also has uh, Carrie Elway's in a small role. Uh, Michael Ironside shows up in the second half. Uh, Saul Rubinick uh, has a small role as well. And this is a pretty much, this is a, it tells you right off the bat, man. This is a fictionalized version of the rise of this company, man. This, uh, what is it, R.I.M., and from there, man, we have these two main characters, man. We have, well, I guess, you know, they're real people, but in the context of the film, which I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, we have these two characters, Mike and Doug, and they're basically, they're going to this guy, Jim, uh, forgot the hell his last name, man. I apologize. They may even make a joke about it in the film, and I look at me, man. I already forgot his name. But anyway, they're going to him, man, and they're saying, like, we have this idea for this phone, man. It's an email machine, you know, it's this all-in-one thing, and it's great. And this is a period piece that starts off in 1996, and this Jim's like, I don't know what the hell are you talking about. Get out of here, man. This is ridiculous. Anyways, some circumstances happen where both of them are in bad situations uh, and they do kind of need each other. And it's the rise of this company, pretty much, the rise of the Blackberry, and then the fall as well. Jim, played by Glenn Howerton, who I would say is probably the closest thing to the star of the film, man. He is pretty much in almost every scene of the film. He has the most screen time out of any of the characters, but he is a very, you know, he's a very headstrong kind of guy, man, but he's very aggressive. He's not willing to take no 
settle for an answer. He's, you know, whatever it is he has to do, man, if he has to get aggressive about it, if he has to yell at people, you know, there's a great moment early on where Mike, where Mike is telling him, that this uh that this other company basically screwed them out of some modems, man. Uh, they, you know they just screwed them out of a bunch of money. So Jim gets on the and you know Mike calls him up and he's like, hey, he's like, hey man, you know we, we really need an invoice for this. You know we need to charge you as an invoice for this. And they're like, ah, whatever, man, get out of here. And Jim calls him up and he's like, hey, this hey, you know, we're not gonna take no for an answer, man. You're gonna pay this, and you know what, goddamn. And from there, we start to see. Really, the problems that arise with this man, where BlackBerry is dominating the market, and the problems that come along with it, where Jim is pushing up more and more, and really where the, the the main kind of conflict of the film, which kicks off the whole rest of the film, is this character, uh, Yankowski, played by Carrie Elways, who gets in a situation where he's basically forcing Jim and the company to really exceed what they're willing to, exceed what they can do, you know, by selling phones, by putting more phones on this network, and the problems that come from there, the, uh, you know, possible stock fraud, you know, it, it, Michael Ironside comes in about halfway in the film, I should probably say a little more than halfway in the film, in a really terrific ro- role as well, you know, he's playing this heavy kind of character, a character like, like, yeah, like not physically I'm talking about, I'm like, he's a heavy man, and uh, he comes in here, and he's really laying down the law. And I think the an interesting thing that it's got to be talked about with the film is the film opens up with uh, a text that says something like, you know, this is a fictionalized, uh, this is inspired by uh, real people and, you know, real events, but this is a fictionalized account. And I think that's an important thing to note because I was, uh, I was re- looking up a little bit about the film after because you watch a film like this and you know that at some extent, it's going to be fictionalized. You know, I was talking about the film Tetris recently, which is a film I like, but when you get to this just completely ridiculous Hollywood car chase, you know for you know it didn't happen. It's completely ridiculous. It's completely shallow. But, and, you know, the writers, for the sake of the film, feel like they need a big climax instead of having maybe something more dialogue-heavy or something more uh, uh, intellectually engaging rather than something very flashy and, and very visual. And then you look it up, and of course it didn't really happen. It's ridiculous. But, it's like, you know, you enjoy the film, so you go along with it, man. And here, you know, I'm looking up this film, and I'm looking up uh, stuff about the real guys, you know. And it's interesting with this film because you have, this is based off, uh, partially based off a book as well. I want to see if I can actually get the name up here of the book um, that was closer to the real uh, events. It's called Losing the Signal. The Inside Story of Research in Motion, R.I.M., which is, to my knowledge, about the rise and fall of this company. and uh, Or I think more specifically about the BlackBerry phone. Um, which I don't even know. Did I even say that? that that's uh, that's, that's why, how they got big. They had, they had the BlackBerry phone, which is a huge thing. And then the iPhone came out in 2007 and pretty much made you know any kind of non-touchscreen phone obsolete. But when it comes to real life, man, uh, uh, you have Matt Johnson and Jay Baruchel who are open about the fact that this is a fictionalized version. That while events in the film did happen, this is more ta- this is taking more of a traditional cinematic narrative, man, where you have specific characters and you have specific points that can't be missed. That there's that there are certain arcs that characters have to have, man. At least what they feel in, in the script. And I uh, I watched a very interesting video. From somebody who, uh, I want to get this channel right here, actually. I want to pull this up. This guy, um, uh, Matthias Random Stuff uh, 2221. Somebody who worked for RIM back in, I think he said in 93 is when he joined. And he went through the trailer. And uh, he was going through the trailer. 
and talking about the inaccuracies there, talking about how this is pretty much, this is, from his point of view, from the looks of it, is very fictionalized, you know, it's, it's very, you know, he's talking about how, you know, uh, this the real Mike, uh, what the hell is his name, uh, or I'm sorry, not the real Mike, the, uh, the real uh, Jim, I'm sorry, he wasn't like this, he he wasn't this big, aggressive guy, he, you know, him and Mike worked along fairly well, I mean, they had their issues, and Jim could be a pain, but, you know, it's not like this, and, and Doug is, you know, the Matt Johnson character, is nothing like the real guy, the real guy didn't dress like that, he, you know, because Doug's, I, you know, he's got a, he, all of his clothes in the film, he's wearing movie t-shirts, he's wearing pop culture t-shirts, he's got like, like a Doom t-shirt, and like a Wolfenstein t-shirt, and a t-shirt of They Live, and, uh, you know, so, it's kind of the same thing where, what I was talking about with uh, Andrew Dominic's Blonde from last year, that a lot of people had a problem with the fictionalization. The you know uh, the, the 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 a film like Blonde and Blackberry is not trying to set out to tell the true story of these events. This is an alternate kind of history in a way. Whereas where but they both take these real events and work a different narrative around them. And whether or not you want to go along with that for a film is completely your prerogative, man. If you're going to sit here and talk about this didn't happen or this didn't happen, you know, that's in, that's your right to do so. But it does kind of come back to the question, uh, for, for, you know, for two of my favorite screenwriters, you know, Larry Karaszewski and Scott Alexander have made uh, films like, uh, have written films like Ed Wood, Man on the Moon, uh, People vs. Larry Flint, Dolomite is My Name, where they're taking these real people and real events and are twisting it in a way enough that there, there is there are truths there, but there are a lot of fact there's just a lot of fiction there, but there's still an appreciation of these people. So you have a film like Ed Wood, which doesn't really, you know, it doesn't go into his, you know, alcoholism, it doesn't go into any of the probably, you know, less glamorous parts of it, but it's altering history in a way to make you look at this guy in a certain way, where, you know, you're watching it, and you know the real Ed Wood probably always didn't have, probably didn't always have a chip on his shoulder, there were dark days, I'm sure, but it it has the spirit of a film that this guy who's always been made fun of for making these quote-unquote bad films, which, I mean, I've always said it, man, I think compared to, I've, I've seen, I've seen plenty of bad 50 science fiction films, and I don't think Ed Wood is nearly the worst, man, I mean, yeah, sure, they're lower budgeted, but, I mean, I'm sorry, man, they're, they're memorable, you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a poorly made film over a boring film any day, let me tell you, man, and while not all of his films are top notch, and you know, I don't think anyone's really going to argue that his films are 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 enjoyable, and they are memorable. Now you can say that that's because they've seeped their way into pop culture. That's a whole other conversation. My point is, man, is that oh, I'm sorry, going back to this guy before. I also recommend his YouTube channel, by the way. This guy, Matthias, uh, random stuff. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put a YouTube link uh, below to his YouTube channel. He does lots of interesting videos about different kind of uh, uh, stuff that I'll be honest, I don't have a clue what I, about like electrical stuff and engineering stuff. But it all looks interesting, you know. This guy is passionate. He's a smart guy, smarter than me, man. So uh, you know, he's, he makes very enjoyable content. Um, I was also watching a uh, an interview with the real. Um, the real Jim uh, Balsil. Yeah, I think that's how you say his last name. There's a joke in the movie about his last name, but I don't remember how his last name is actually pronounced. Um, and he 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 worked with the film, and he's aware. He's like, hey, man, you know, I know that this is not, you know, I wasn't like this, and they knew I wasn't like this, but, you know, I just, you know, I participated with the film. I, I think the real Mike chose not to be part of the film and uh, uh, for his own reasons, man, you know, I'm, I'm sure. You know, and it'd be interesting to, to, to hear... 
the people involved at RIM uh, who see the film, whether or not the their the inaccuracies of the film will deter their enjoyment, because ultimately I think this is a it's it's great to see Matt Johnson's progression as a director and writer, and I'm not giving him all the credit, of course. I'm just saying for the comparing it in with his previous two films. I mean, this has a bigger budget, this has a big cast behind it. I mean, there's a bigger cast, I should say. Um, I loved a lot of the locations of this film. I loved the uh, you know you look at the walls and it's covered in movie posters and tons of um, you know pop culture uh, 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 pieces, and the characters are playing like Doom on their uh, on their uh, computers and stuff. So you, you, if you if you're gonna watch the film, you know, if you think that'll be a deterrent of your enjoy it of the inaccuracy of it, and if you're gonna sit there and and not be able to get into the not be invested because of that, then um, you know that's that's your it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. But I think as it is as a film, uh, Matt Johnson as a filmmaker has has become so much has become so interesting with each of his films. Man, I love the way this is shot as well. It's shot almost like a documentary in a way where you have you know the camera is very rarely stationary. They're doing a lot of uh, zooms and there's a lot of times where you know certain uh, uh, the certain frames are obstructed by different people or different objects in the foreground that you watch a regular uh, cinematic film you would never you know they would never allow that you know you'd have the uh, you'd have the, uh, the the camera operator and the director you know exactly what they want they want you know specific things in the frame and they would never allow stuff like that which is why for you know when there there were a lot of indie films that were doing the same kind of camera work that never made sense to me man you know i like some of the duplass brothers films but i i never liked when they did that really they would just they did these terrible unnecessary zooms all the time the camera was never stationary in a way where it was nauseating and you watch those films and you're like what are you doing man you know is this is this intentional what is going on here but this film it makes sense man I should also say uh, what I wanted to uh, bring in comparison to this is a book that I recommend to everyone to read. This book that uh, what's the copyright on this? I think this I'm pretty sure this was a, this book was 2004, but I just want to make sure that it's important because uh, let's see here copyright. It's like finding a needle in it. All right, let's see copyright 2003. This is a, uh, a terrific book called Masters of Doom, how two guys created an empire and transformed pop culture. And uh, it's fitting for this, for uh, uh, a companion piece of this film, because this is about the rise of these two geniuses, uh, these two uh, uh, engineering geniuses. I'm sorry, maybe not engineering, but they, they, I don't, what's the term for it? You know, they, they're just, they're, they're smart guys, man, you know? I'm trying to find the words. You have John Carmack and John Romero, these two guys who are really good at what they do, and in doses, they make, they can make truly exceptional stuff. You know, they're video game uh, designers. They, you know, they made Wolfenstein, they made Doom. Uh, I forgot the name of the game they did before Wolfenstein, but basically the book talks about the contrasting ideologies of these two and the contrasting uh, kinds of people that they are where the book does a great job at going back and forth of on one minute you're on John Carmack's side and you see that Romero is being a pain and then at another point you're on John Romero's side and you see Carmack is being obnoxious. I'm sorry, well, you know, flip that. I mean, they're both obnoxious in their own ways and how, you know, ultimately... These are two uh, really smart people, really talented people who just 
you know, it's like dividing by zero. It's like two magnets, man, that are on opposite sides. They just they just can't work with each other, man, because they're two different kinds of people. And in this film, they actually uh, they reference uh, John Carmack at one point. They need another engineer in there, and they talk about uh, getting John Carmack. And I was waiting for a character to come in to uh, play him, but they never did. But um, this was this was put out. This is a uh, like I said, copyright two thousand three on this. So this goes up to a certain point. Whereas um, you know, uh, Doom three was two thousand six, I believe two thousand six two thousand seven, and then um, eventually John um, Carmack would go on to work on the Oculus Rift, which is a virtual reality. Um, uh, device and John Romero, I believe, works now in Ireland. Uh, he has his own company there, Romero Games, and and id Software. I think I I don't know if they got taken over by Bethesda or Bethesda got something like that. You know, I I know like the the weird thing is that I'm not I don't I don't care about video games. It does it does nothing for me, man. It's not I want to spend my time, but I I, I have a I, I'm fascinated by the history of it. I'm fascinated by by 90s uh, kind of tech and 90s video games. So I know a little bit about it, man, and I love Doom. You know, I actually have a Doom tattoo, but my, my, you know, my, my life and my heart is the cinema, so I'm not, I'm not going to even pretend like I know, you know, I'm like an expert on this or anything, but I know a little bit about it. But I think someone can make a really terrific film out of this book. And actually, John Romero has a book coming out in July called, uh, I think it's called like Life in First Person. Um, I think that's what it was called. Uh, so I can't wait to read that, man. But, you know, I love this whole era. I think it's all fascinating. I love the uh, the technology of the era. The era. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels I love watching. And like I said, I'm not a game guy or anything like that. I, I mean, I know, like, a surface-level knowledge, but it doesn't interest me, man. I'm not going to – I don't play video games. It's not my forte. You know, I – to each their own, do whatever you want to do. I just, I'd rather use my time doing something else, you know, that I find uh, worth my time. Um, but it's, uh, the, the YouTube channel that I watch is this guy, LGR, called Lazy Game Reviews. Um, and I'll put a link to his channel down below as well. But he uh, does really interesting uh, uh, discussions and reviews of older technology, primarily of just like 90s PCs and video games and such. And it's all very, uh, it's like a very cozy experience to watch. He's a very, he's one of these guys, he's very casually funny, he's, he's a very smart guy, you know, he knows what he's talking about. If you're like, I need to know about this 90s piece of uh, tech or 90s like PC, whatever, you know, you're going to want to go to this guy. But uh, I was talking about before the other YouTube channel, uh, the fellow that I was talking about there, I'm going to pull up right here, Matthias Random Stuff, it's, you know, even he, he goes through the trailer and even though he talks about it, it's pretty much uh, 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 almost entirely or at least mostly inaccurate, even though, you know, there are some parts of the trailer where it's, you know, they're jumping in time, and, and he talks about how the technology, you know, they didn't have that at that in the 90s and stuff, but, you know, you're watching the guy, and, he, you know, he's saying, like, uh, you know, it's not meant to be like a, like a, like a, you know, this Blackberry in the 90s. But anyways, what I'm saying is that at the end of it, he talks about how he, how he you know, does want to, you know, he is going to see the film, and I'd be curious what he'd think of the film, man, because, uh, you know, if you're going into this, especially if you worked at that, if you worked at RIM or you worked in that time period, and you know that you're getting a fictionalized, uh, uh, you're getting a, a fictionalized account of this time, 
you know, will that deter your enjoyment of the film? And that's totally up to you. But I think right now, um, you know, I don't want to put like favorites or anything like that. When I say it's a, it's a contender, I'm, think, I'm thinking about my, my favorite films of the year so far. And, but, you know, films I like for different reasons. You know, I enjoy, like, I'm talking about, I talked about this. I enjoy this and like One Fine Morning and Showing Up and The Innocent and John Wick Chapter 4. I enjoy all these films for different reasons and I'm getting different reactions out of them. You know, it's the same way where, you know, you're like, uh, you can be hot on like a, like a, dumb comedy but then like some uh intellectual film or you know something uh, i would say quote unquote higher brow that you're not a fan of you know you're not comparing those films you're getting different experiences out of them you're saying okay well did this film make me laugh okay it did did this film's message come across well i don't think it did so you know it's ridiculous to compare them and all that you know it's just it's just totally nonsense but a uh, terrific film this has a uh i'm sure this will be available at home soon this has a small theatrical uh release right now i'm sure it'll be it'll be expanding to theaters but uh, I really enjoyed this film, and um, yeah, this is this is already a highlight of the year, and I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully this gets released, man. I mean, we're at the point now where who who even knows what films are going to get physical releases anymore, man? It's, it's it's upsetting, but you know it is what it is, man. It's sort of like you know I'm I'm not uh, you know I I want to legally pay for a copy if I'm able to, but if you know if somebody when it comes to situations like this, if, if, let me put it this way. Listen, man, if somebody or a company is not going to put a film out and somebody else is illegally, hey, man, you had your opportunity, man. You know, I've, I've, I won't get into a whole discussion, but I just, I read, I read some post recently about somebody uh, knocking, you know, some of the people who are selling bootleg Blu-rays. And I was just like, I just, I see where this guy's coming from, but I just entirely disagree with his point of view. I just don't, uh, I just don't agree. But, uh, hey, it's, I ain't losing sleep over it, man. It's all good. How long have I been? I've been with this film for 25 minutes. Jesus Louise, man. Gosh, well, I guess if I have some extra time left, uh, you know, I'll talk about maybe a little bit more about this book, man. Uh, let me just get a sip of this right here. I always get the sounds of my, uh, my telephone. But, yeah, very, very good book as well, man, let me tell you. Gosh, man, what the hell? I apologize, man. How unprofessional of me. Yeah, grab this book. It's, it's fantastic. It's a quick read, too, man. It's only what? Let me see here. It's only about... Uh, scroll to the... Scroll. Flip to the end. It's, it's only about 300 pages or so, so you can read this fairly quickly. But it's engaging. It's one of these books that reads so cinematically that it would make for a great film, and uh, it's... Um, I love that whole time period, man, because, you know, I, I'm talking about I love the time period of, like, the tech and stuff, because when I'm watching this film and I'm reading Masters of Doom, I think both of them do a great job at making it uh, uh, not, I don't even want to say dumbing it down for an audience, because, you know, you don't want to dumb it down too, you don't want to, you know, you want to watch a film where a character's hacking and they're just, you know, typing a million, you know, and typing all this crazy information and there's a thousand screens up, you're like, what is going on, man? And then in real life, you're like, no, it's not nothing like that, man. It's like, next dumbing it down, man. Next, so the guy who's, you know, shoving popcorn his face and doesn't even, you know, watching the film can go, oh, I get it, he's hacking, man. But I'm talking about more so that they make it so, you know, the casual uh, uh, reader or viewer can, you know, see that this is a complicated system they're working with, but you understand there is no ambiguity in what it is. You know, when they're talking about this film, you know, the networks are down for these. We, we've overpowered the, the, um, We've overpowered the networks, man. You know, they get into a little bit about, okay, well, we can re-engineer this and that, but ultimately that's not important. As an audience member, you're watching it and you're like, all right, I get it. I get the tension of the film. You know, I should also say as well, the soundtrack in the film is very low-key, and, and it, it, but it's very well done. You know, 
a lot of uh, synths in the film, like synthesizers, a lot of just like kind of background noises works not right in the forefront. You know, there's maybe only one time where they use like a popular, well, they use like a like a song, you know, so like a song song, not a piece of score, which for the opening credits, and they, they uh, you know, to really get you in the, uh, the, the mindset of this era. They're showing a bunch of pop culture. They're showing a bunch of like news reports, just like, oh, you know, telephones or, you know, we're going to have mobile phones one day and we're going to have the internet on the phone. And it's just, it's just crazy as hell, man. Um, but very enjoyable, man. I uh, can't say enough good things about this film. And uh, look at that, man. I didn't even get to anything else I needed to get to because I'm too, too busy talking about this one film, man, you know. Jeez Louise, man. All right, I think I think it's time for me to head on out of here, man. I've got so much to do and not enough time to do it. But, hey, man, we're going to get done what we can get done, and I hope you're going to do the same as well. So with a gorgeous day like this or whenever you're listening to this, Use your time wisely and use your time to do what you want to do, man. If you want to, and what I was talking about before, you could say, hey, Dan, what are you talking about? I want to I want to play video games all day. Then, man, you, you play video games all day. You know, if that's what you want to do and you're enjoying it, man, then you do it. But if you're like, I don't want to play video games, my friend wants to play video games, then what are you doing, man? You got to lay down the law and be, you know, kill him with kindness, man. Just say, I don't want to do that, man, but maybe another time. Or if you even want to do it another time, maybe you don't want to do it at all. That's your prerogative, man. But I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to get on out of here. Thank you for spending your time with me yet again, or maybe it's your first time. And if so, thank you for listening this far in. I uh, Hopefully I didn't waste your time. Anyways, here I am rambling again. You guys have a beautiful day, a beautiful weekend, and a beautiful life.